Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fresh Slate Podcast, where we discuss all things modern spirituality, personal development, positivity, and all that good stuff. I'm Tyrese. And I'm Meg. And today we have our most beautiful friend, Haley. I love Haley so much. I actually only met you like a year ago. In elevation, yeah. Well, yeah. I know. Yeah. And at first I was like, this girl, she's too cool for me. And then I was like, oh, she's actually such a sweetheart. Like, ah, queen. I feel so so flattered. As a little rundown, (laughs) she graduated from Northern Arizona University with her BS, right? Or BA? BS. Bachelor of Science? Yes. BS, you know it, girl. The smart girl gets the BS. In... That sounds like BS. Um, in psychological sciences, and she'll be studying at Western Washington, right? Yep, University? that's it. And her focus is going to be in social injustice, implicit bias, everything revolving around that, correct? Yeah? I'm hoping. That's awesome. We'll see. I get to choose a thesis. And oh, you do? Which is so I'll be able amazing. to narrow it down even further. That's so exciting. Yeah, and like then you can do studies. But yeah, she's just like amazing girl, <laughs> great brows, great voice, and so we're really happy yes. to have you on. I'm happy to be here. Like, I feel honored that you're here because I just feel like it's going to be Honestly, I feel like we have like a professional so, in our midst. You, it's amazing. You're so, I uh, know, I actually do. Oh gosh, I feel hardly. like you're just so well read and like just uh, smart. So I'm just like so beyond excited. So yeah, why don't we start off with our goals? So um, let's see. Do you want to take it? Do you want to start this time, Meg? Uh, yeah. So last week, my goal was... To basically um, just give myself more time to break free from my structure. So I created like this very like good structure where I was like productive and actively reaching my goals, which was amazing. But I felt like I wasn't allowing like my creativity and my curiosity let me like explore other stuff and like have more fun in life. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm like, what am I doing? This is summer, you know? So um, since then, I have... Did a little glamping trip in my yes, I love Benny, glamping, which gave me, it gave me life, it gave me breath, yes. it gave me everything. It just made yes. me feel so much better, and I feel like it was exactly what I needed. And then like today, like I hung out with a friend outside, and we went swimming, and then I talked to my sister on the phone, and I didn't stress about like yeah, you seem stuff. like you're doing and really like, well today, like. Even, we talked on the phone yesterday, but, you like, you're just glowing today. Oh, wow, thank you. But, yeah, like, I feel like giving myself the space and not filling everything in my Google Calendar, because I was getting obsessive about, like, what am I doing right now? Ooh, let me block it out. Um, So I was, like, just allowing myself that empty space, like, felt so good. So I feel like it went well. Yeah. Mm. I think I remember what mine was. No way. It was, yeah, it was to get more in touch with my spirituality this week. Yes. Because I said I was feeling like I was lacking, you know. Yeah. And which I did. I did a whole little, like, midsummer ritual, um, and that was really awesome. And I, I, I haven't done as much as I thought, but a first step is better than no steps at all. Sure. So, I think, yeah, yeah, it's definitely going better, and I'm working on, like, reading my, like, reading astrology charts and things like that which is really fun um just a fun little hobby yeah so so yeah it actually did go like well better than i thought it did so oh yay um so then do you want to give us your goal for this week Haley? 
Daily's turn. Yeah, that works. <laughs> um, I guess for this week, I've been feeling a little more um, anxious than usual. Just like the little things, like uh, when you wake up in the morning and you can't fall back to sleep, mm-hmm. just the, the jitteriness of anxiety. I've been feeling that this week, and I'm yeah. not sure yeah. exactly the source of it, but I just want to work on myself, give myself a little bit more time to myself for like make that space for like uh like mindfulness practice and yeah just I, to, like, breathe yeah and like I'm gifted a lot of time by myself this week which is nice mm. and I think I just need to use it better to work on that and you know intentionally try to find the source of where this is coming from because I don't like it absolutely yep yep I've (laughs) I've struggled with that this this past week too just something in the air or something yeah it's just yeah yeah it's like why am I feeling this way and even if there is like a reason it's like yeah like right it's deeper Mm -hmm. than that and then you really need to go back to the roots so I'm glad that you're making (laughs) trying trying and that's all like I said the first step is better than no steps at all, you know? So trying That's... is better than nothing. Yeah, like setting boundaries. Like, this is when I stop yeah. working. That's what I do, but... Yeah, boundaries man. are so important. All right. For sure. Yeah. Um. Well, for me, I guess my goal for this upcoming week is to... Um, I've been spending a lot of time in my room just because I haven't been the most, like, emotionally stable, you know? And I've been realizing, like, I have so little time with my family like when I'm back in Arizona so I have to I want to try and spend more time with my family and with my friends and like seeing them because I have like about a month or less left being here so I'm gonna try and make some Mm -hmm. memories and spend some quality time with the people that I care about so that so that it lasts me through when I go back um so that's my goal for the week yay yeah I love that okay so my goal for the week is going to be basically, I always want it to be more tangible and like set in stone than this, but vaguely I just want to be more present in everything that I do. Um, I'm working towards like a goal for my yoga teacher, uh, t- well it's not training, it's my onboarding they call it, where um, I'm going to be starting to teach online classes and so Yay. I, yeah, I'm really excited. I feel like there's different facets of my life where um, I do them and I am working towards them because I like give myself the time and then I like check off boxes to get there but I feel like even though I'm doing that I'm not like present so I'm not getting out of it as much as I could Absolutely. be like mentally and I'm also mm-hmm. not progressing as much as I could if I were present in the moment instead like I'm practicing yoga or I'm writing a sequence or trying to memorize a sequence or whatever I'm doing, yoga related, I feel like lately, and just have been very absent. And then in other ways too, in other activities, I've also been thinking about other stuff while I'm doing it, but I'm like, ooh, I'm getting my journaling done for the day, even though I'm like anxious and not not slowing down before I like really Mm -hmm. journal, journal, Mm -hmm. rather than just like, ooh, check it off, go to bed. You know what I'm saying? So be present is my goal. So that's a really good goal. Things get to feel like, a checklist like as you go through the motions yeah. you know, know you're just doing things to get have them be done you know so it's really good that you recognize mm-hmm. yeah. that in yourself 
I'm very jealous. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it took weeks to, to realize, to realize like, yes, I am progressing, but wouldn't I be progressing in a more like effective and long-term way if I really tuned into like my actual feelings, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm excited for that. <laughs> okay. So let's get started. Yeah. So today's topic, um, there's been a lot going on in the media, just, um, politically, um, you know, health-wise, all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> good, not good stuff, stuff I guess. But, um, so our topic for today is, um, addressing the, um, the fight for social justice and social change, um, that's going on, as well as how implicit bias and prejudice, um, kind of affect our daily ties lives. into everything. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like, like you mentioned, like the space and the world essentially slowing down because of everything closing successively and um everything kind of being put on hold we've been able to you know learn tiktok dances learn how to make banana bread but we've also learned mm-hmm. how to like look at the things that are wrong in our society and in our governmental system and kind of revolutionize baby yeah it's crazy yes yeah. it's insane because this would never have happened like to this level if people weren't stuck inside, like, I don't scrolling think through so social either. media all day. I yeah, think there's I a lot of, like, a lot of people that have gotten more involved in politics than they ever have in their whole life. Mm-hmm. Like, even my mom. Like, even people in that generation. Yeah. Like, Parker on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you fo- follow him. Meg, you're not really on Twitter that often or whatever. But Parker mm-hmm. from, I think it was, like, episode three or whatever. Um, he started, mm-hmm. like really advocating for change in March, you know? And he was, like, just a liberal. But now he keeps, like, tweeting things like, wow, March Parker would not know how radical that June, almost July Parker would really become to be. Like, he's organizing... I was wondering about He's organizing the mural, um, like, a street mural (gasps) thing in Flagstaff, you know? Like, how they do, like, Black Lives Matter. And so he's trying to organize that. He's talked to the city council. And so it's very... That's awesome. Yeah, right? It's crazy how much just being inside has affected people and really made them decide, okay, I need to fight for something. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. For sure. I think especially, like you both have said, being inside and being away from, like, traditional, like, get up, go to school, work, what have mm-hmm. you, your your schedule, that being gone, the structure, it allows you to have, hopefully, an introspective focus. So I think so much of this is just being able to, like, we can look at ourselves, we're being exposed to ourselves in more vulnerable ways. Yes, yes. I think yes. that's so important. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, and just, like, we start questioning. Mm-hmm. You know, you start questioning the little things and the massive institutionalized things Absolutely. as well. Well, and it's like we said earlier, the hustle and bustle of things, that gets you to makes you feel like things are just a checklist. You're just going through the motions of every day. Mm. You don't oh, really yeah. take the time right. to sit and introspect and think, okay, what is wrong in this world? Mm-hmm. I'm ha- I have a problem. The problem isn't necessarily because of me. Where does it stem from? Oh, there's a bigger issue at hand, you know? Absolutely. And I think a lot of people have started to realize that. And also in tandem with... Um, not having anything better to do than social media, you know, oh, because yeah. social media is just flooded with all these 
activism and all these political problems yeah, yeah like people are just learning constantly which is very interesting because like you're not even in school and you're learning more than you're being taught in school oh, at, at yeah. least in my opinion that is so true yeah like i mean it allows us to look at these issues in a way we haven't looked at them before especially coming from like perspective of a person with privilege, a person who is white. It is very different now than it has felt ever before when it feels the same for a lot of people of color. It's like... Exactly. It has come back again and again, but this time I'm hopeful and I have a lot of um, admiration for fellow people with privilege that things will hopefully progress towards change this time. Exactly. Because I think people are finally understanding and seeing the effects. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you hear about it on the news, but that's one thing. Not everybody watches the news, Mm -hmm. but when things are so oversaturated, you start to say, well, like those people with privilege start to say, okay, well, how am I complicit in this? Yeah. What am I doing? Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Looking inward. Exactly. To see even, oh, in in that, like... Even for me, like, in, oh, in that conversation, I should have phrased it in this way because, like, maybe I felt, made them feel bad, even if it's not even, like, race. I just feel like I've been more aware than ever of, like, my, like, Mm -hmm. biases Mm -hmm. that I have grown to, like, have from different things that I've been taught by my parents or, like, in society or in school that, like, I wasn't aware of before, and then I'm, I, I just, I feel like there's more of a conversation in my head as far as, like, being more open and being more careful and compassionate, I guess is the word. Yeah. Um, and I feel like everyone might be in a similar state. Oh, yeah. Or, like, more privileged. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I de- Yeah, I could definitely, that's definitely the perspective I have to talk from, right? Because that's, like, my background. Mm-hmm. Um, however... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really important to see that um, what we see in the world, our perception is so important because it's how we perceive our daily lives and it's the the media that instills stereotypes and attributions. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Yeah, Yeah, you got it. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's like... uh, you're spot on. It's our world is a perception of our world. So our mm-hmm. our view is so important because mm-hmm. that speaks to who we actually are and our shortcomings and how we can be better. So I really, this time period is so critical, it feels like, because it's such, you know, it's a moment in time where we can really examine ourselves and how can we be better for other people and how we can be better for ourselves and our communities yeah Mm -hmm. so it's very passionate about it but um it's super cool (laughs) to watch history in real time right so it does feel like a revolution i mean we hear about these things we hear about the marches like the martin Mm -hmm. luther king marches and all those marches for freedom and the holiday, like Juneteenth yeah. just, just yeah. happened. And so many people, I distinctly remember last year over Snapchat, um, a, a girl from school had posted something saying, um, Juneteenth, what the heck is Juneteenth and why is this on my calendar? Ooh. What does this have to do with anything that I'm doing? And I messaged and, and like, I was like, well, you know? it's this day. And, she's, <laughs> and she just said, 
thanks, you know. But then most this, people don't like, know. This year, it just became this yeah. wildly right. R- right. I I mean, even I didn't know. My family didn't really like. You don't. It's not really a thing that you right. would celebrate unless you're like really like. I'm from North Dakota, so I don't mm-hmm. have that like very black right. background, you mm-hmm. know. So it's like we didn't really mm-hmm. talk about that. But then this year, it's like we we never said that we were celebrating Juneteenth. But like my family went out on a picnic and had a good time, yeah. and like I played music, and and it was it was so interesting how this whole movement has really just like made so many people proud yes. to be who they are. Like I was thinking this that day, and I was I stepped out of the car and I was like, you know what? I'm so proud to be black. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm so like it used to be something that I was so afraid of just because of all these like implicit biases that I myself held against me. Absolutely. Just from what we were yeah. seeing mm-hmm. in society. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I would... That's like, so sad to hear, but yeah. so true for a lot of people, I feel like. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'll even... I'm definitely guilty of this. Like, I live in a uh, in a sketchier neighborhood. Like, um, it's a mm-hmm. more low-income family neighborhood in, mm-hmm. in North Dakota. And so sometimes I'll be walking from my car and like, let's say there's a black guy walking mm-hmm. down the, the street behind me. And I, I mean, immediately feel my body tense up and I'm like, why mm-hmm. am I doing right. that? We're the yeah. same, mm-hmm. you know, why, why do I feel like that? You know? And then I realized this is an implicit bias that is so deeply rooted within our society that there's it's so difficult to circumvent but now that people are actually having conversations about it it's so much easier to address that it's not me that feels this way it's how i've been taught absolutely how what what's been shown to you bring up oh sorry yeah (laughs) i'm sorry no go go, go, i was just gonna say i was gonna say terry's you bring up such an important point about implicit bias and that it is so pervasive a stereotype is so pervasive that even something about your own race something that's within your self-identity yeah. it doesn't matter that's why a lot of people bring up like uh oh there are black police officers that's something that's brought up a lot mm-hmm. it's, it's important to recognize they are not immune to yeah our society and to our cultural um ways of life that have criminalized being african-american absolutely Right, and that aren't, like, explicitly taught in school, of course. And I think maybe some parents have potentially explicitly passed down racist beliefs. However, like, in my case, in a lot of cases of white people I know, it's, like, these biases were taught implicitly. Like, you don't realize Mm -hmm. that, like, you feel differently because over time you have been taught to feel differently when... A baby is born they're not gonna think anything of skin color they're just gonna think Absolutely. oh this beautiful exactly. person is taking care of me or waving to me in the grocery store they're not gonna care yeah yeah and it's something that like it's i don't know i feel like the world is just like no matter what like there's this big idea of intersectionality mm-hmm. i think it's really important and oh, prevalent yeah. right mm-hmm. now you know like everyone is affected by their own privileges. Like, I may be black, I may be gay, but I still have the privilege of being a man, you know? Right. Um, whereas, like, you two might be white, but you, like, don't have the privilege of being a man. You're, you're a woman, so mm-hmm. you, like, don't have that privilege, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, in just in society, not like it's... It is a privilege, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, and I think that it's so... These privileges are so instilled in us, like that being different, like, you are different. Our differences are made very clear to us from the moment that we're children. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I find that with my sisters, like, 
my mom, she lets me wear whatever I want. I walk outside in a crop top and some tight shorts and she's like, okay, you know, she's not going to say anything about it. But if my sisters were to do that, she's, my sisters are like, oh, mom would never let me wear that, you know? And I'm like, well, what's the difference? You know, it's like, there's this, we're we're so made aware that we're all different, Mm. but it's not looked upon necessarily as a super great thing. You know, it's like, I would always ask my mom, like, mom, why am I brown? You know, like, why am I the only brown kid in the class? You Mm. know, and it's, it's not something that I celebrated, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't know if that's true for you. Like being a woman, I, I like, cause I can't speak to that, but do you, do you have any feelings about that? Like, were you always like, man, I, w- have you ever felt like, wow, I wish that I was a man or you know what I mean? What I'm trying to say? Oh yeah. There are like, you bring up such important points about intersectionality. Yeah, so you do. There's so many dimensions to privilege and to, um, discrimination um and there's a lot of research that points to especially I can speak for uh the women point of view especially being a woman myself is that there's thing in social psychology it's called stereotype threat and it's Mm -hmm. kind of touches on what we talked about earlier but it's essentially the idea that um you have a stereotype about your uh, ethnicity, your gender, your race. Um, So, for example, as a woman, you can have a stereotype about you that women are bad at math. That's a stereotype. Mm -hmm. But you don't believe it as a woman. You don't Mm -hmm. believe it really as a man, but it's a stereotype and it's out there. So it's present in our perception of the world and the people around us. Um, So stereotype threat is... So there's this stereotype about women that women are bad at math and you don't believe it as a woman, but you think that other people may believe it around you. So if you take a math test in a room full of, you know, people, both men and women, non-binary as well, um, you feel the pressure of other people believing in that stereotype whether you know it or not, and it is Mm. in an unconscious level. So you believe that, and it basically causes, like, test anxiety. Like, so the specific study I'm referring to had um, students at Stanford take, like, the GRE, so, like, uh, SATs for grad school. And these students are at Stanford. They're all excellent students. But women, after being told by the test taker in condition one that women tend to do uh poorly on this test as compared to men uh, as compared to men excuse me um they do poorer it's the it causes anxiety it's so important to recognize that even if you don't believe it yourself it's so pervasive Mm -hmm. um but yeah they've also done the study with uh african-americans and testing as well all in prestigious universities which is awesome because it controls for like they're obviously all there and exactly all yeah, yeah. So i think there's all, a smaller range of i feel like there's a smaller yeah. range of intelligence at at more prestigious universities like they all yeah. got perfect scores on their sats so it's a mm-hmm. it's that those people but wow yeah. it's funny because i was about to bring up how like as I got into higher math classes, I 
noticed the ratio of women to men was smaller and smaller. That's like very in, interesting. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Like, in freshman year, like, algebra, you know, I was chilling. Like, it was pretty much split. But, like, once I got up to AP stats, I was just like, girl, like... I guess we're we're the only ones. Really, we should that's just hang, so you know? interesting. Because <laughs> so, my yeah. like it was yeah. me and a few is girls. So different. My classes, all of my like advanced math classes in high school were mostly girls. Like AP Calc, mostly girls in middle school. Really, mostly girls. Yeah, and like the guys just dropped out. So so I have a completely different like. If you had told like if I hadn't heard you say like that that was a stereotype, I would have said, oh yeah, girls are smarter than boys. Like that's my. Just because yeah, that's been my really? experience in high school, um, mm-hmm. but oh yeah, but I, also I'm from like a more like I like this is a stereotype in itself, but a more yeehaw like type place, you know, <laughs> where where a lot of the the guys mm. are more into sports and um, farming and things <laughs> like that, you know. So that and the girls are more of the ones who are like like so many of my friends are just doing awesome stuff. Like I have a friend, she was like, oh, I want to go for interior design because that's the stereotype she put herself in. Um, for of like, oh, I'm a girl. I really like the way that looking at the way things look. And then she got there and she was like, No, I don't. I want to be an architect. So now she's studying architecture. Oh, awesome. And I'm like, Yes, that's nice. amazing. That's amazing. You know, because she she, she nice. like recognized yeah. that stereotype, and now she said, No, what you know, I can do this. You know, career stereotypes yeah, are way huge. smarter. Than they you. Well, are. They I feel are. like when it came to my high school experience, as far as like gender stereotypes for like intelligence and stuff it was like I feel like they were always saying like girls are very organized type a like more driven Mm -hmm. in the sense that they're more motivated to get good grades at least that's what I like noticed in my friends as far as like my guy friends they were all just like born intelligent like didn't need to do their homework we're always like slacking off and like hanging out during lunch like not yeah practicing for tests and whatever and they would just you know get higher scores than me like on everything math related science related Mm -hmm. um and generally like I was better in English but whatever that's also a girl stereotype Mm -hmm. but you know it's weird (laughs) how it kind of shows up and it's almost like that is the way it is because we're taught that and because yeah. that's oh, con- yeah. we're conditioned to believe that this mm-hmm. is how it is. It's definitely a, a cycle in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to recognize that even as a woman, and especially early women who wanted to make a difference in STEM, it's so hard to break out of a stereotype. Because Absolutely. even engineering classes here at... NAU, (laughs) Um, or at a lot of universities, actually, because women are making more of a name for themselves in STEM fields, which is awesome. Yay. Mm -hmm. But it's also important to recognize that sometimes in those classes of, like, majority male, and there's maybe, like, a couple of females, Mm -hmm. you feel it. Just like in any minority situation, you are... It's like it microaggression, is... microaggression yeah. central, you know, yeah. like I'd love to talk about that a little bit. Like, have you experienced any microaggressions that really just like set you off? Because I I saw a post today. Um, A lot of my friends of, of color are po- like sharing things like here's a list of microaggressions that um I've experienced. So maybe don't wow. use it. And like one was like being the the 
being a person of color and then being the face like that they use for marketing like that's happened to me many times like i was just a little Mm -hmm. freshman in a performing arts thing around here and they're like hey we want you in in our marketing video and i was like oh my gosh this is so cool they like me but i hadn't really done anything there was no reason for me to be in it you know Mm -hmm. or like at nau um there was a teacher who could not pronounce my name right no matter how many times oh, I corrected no, her, she just would terrible. not. And it's not, it's not hard. Like it's, it's not hard if you want to remember, if you like are really That's making an really effort, it. you can, yeah. you can. And I corrected her for the first three weeks. Actually, no, it was five weeks. Cause I counted five Oof. weeks of school every day. And then I just stopped, you know, and that was to and me a microaggression. It feels, yeah, it feels like they just don't care. Cause exactly. there's really hard, like English, like, you know, whatever right it came from names like but people do make really weird (laughs) things when it comes to (laughs) names and it's like do you even care about my friend you know yeah that's exactly but i'd like to hear more examples of yours because you've like experienced like yourselves i'm thinking just because because i know you were talking (laughs) about like how in that scenario like in engineering classes like you feel like you can feel it you know but has anyone ever like just came forward and like said something and you were like whoa that was like it doesn't even have to be a microaggression it could be a macroaggression because i know sometimes <laughs> people are just like they'll just say things and you're like how are you allowed to say that and yeah move on with your day mm-hmm. i guess uh f- so i've never taken an engineering class i can only talk from another person's perspective okay um and the psychology background mm-hmm. but so Microaggressions are so interesting. Um, they really are because they kind of elucidate that little like, like that's a little biased or um, yeah, like it it comes out in really interesting ways and especially for someone who may not recognize that they're being aggressive in that way. It's so good to learn about them, but um, yeah. I can only speak to it from their perspective, but. Being in those math classes, and I, I think a lot of people, um, I can't personally speak to it, but a lot of people experience like, oh, you're, you got that grade because you're a girl, or like, yeah, because they're, because mm, it's like the, yeah. it's the affirmative action stereotype, so, uh, which is, not good. <laughs> we don't want that. Right. Um, so yeah, that's not good either. Like it's like a compliment, but yeah. it almost hurts. Yeah, because it's like, oh, like, I know, um, like, I have a, a friend as a person of color, and we both went to, uh, through the grad school applications process together, and she had professors talking to her, like, your grades are not good enough, like, your GPA is not high enough, but you are a minority, so you should get in, and it's like, that is good, but for her, it's like, yeah, you don't think I'm good enough? You know, and that hurts. So right. You know, I can. It doesn't even. I can't help even Im- to hear that. Yeah, I can't even mm-hmm. imagine how that makes her feel. So. No, and it's crazy because those things just like, they get let slide. You know, like you're just, like the person as a person like, without the privilege. You know, the um the minority. You you mm-hmm. you just learn to to take that and just say and just move on with your life because you're like well there's I'm not gonna fix it because that's just the way they think and I think yeah. that is what's changing now is people are like no I can fix it I am mm-hmm. the reason like that this 
stereotype keeps being perpetuated. So yeah. I'm going to do mm-hmm. something to stop it. That's yeah, true. and you deserve the change. You deserve the respect. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really good to hear definitely like examples and then how to kind of spot that and like kind of spot check your friends and lead by example in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely something to come out of this or something that I'm learning more about is like our individual roles mm-hmm. in it. Um, so knowing when to lift other voices up and support other people and knowing when to take a step back and take yeah. the time yeah. um, to learn about ourselves and just knowing the right time um, and the right place to speak up. Speak up. Yeah. Because I, I think learning, you know, what I've taken away from a lot of what's going on right now is that I don't need to be the center of attention and I do need to step back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just take a lot of time to listen. That's what I've been doing a yeah. lot of as well. For listen sure. Listen and learn and um, become aware of because, yeah, I also grew up or I still I'm here in my mother's house <laughs> um, in a very like white neighborhood and white um high school so it wasn't something that I was like very much exposed to I think in the choral program for some reason um there just weren't very many people of color and it hurts to look back on because it hurts that I wasn't more cognizant of like maybe why that was and how to Mm -hmm. um like I don't know I guess I just wish I was more aware of it at the time but mm-hmm. it's interesting to look back and think um, how I kind of perpetuated that in a sense. And then just like how <laughs> terrible gerrymandering is and how terrible the way like we've quartered different people into different right? sections of Phoenix Absolutely. and every single yeah. city in America and in the world. Absolutely. But like it's just crazy even thinking about Phoenix. I'm like, man, like that high school and then that neighborhood and I drive 20 minutes and I'm in a completely different like area and I'm just like how did this come to be you know yeah right well and it's insane yeah it's it's so like it's so interesting because uh, like America doesn't even realize how much that this is perpetuated like and just like even even myself I I continue to learn uh, about like the privileges that I have because um I like I talked about the the mural that's going gonna happen in Flagstaff hopefully hopefully um Parker posted in the Facebook group um leftist for direct action or whatever and he was like I'm looking for indigenous or um like black voices to to make this mural and I was like indigenous interesting you know I hadn't thought about how th- how they are also affected in such a terrible way, you know, like those stereotypes that are also perpetuated against like that the Native American uh people, um, but that um they're just not as widely shown, you know. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Th- yeah. I thought about there's... them a lot recently, just because like I didn't, I wasn't as exposed to their their prejudices and like just like what they go through until we moved or like until I moved to Flagstaff and I was like wow like (laughs) this university has ruined their life (laughs) essentially and so much of like their sacred ground and and Mm -hmm. like their place 
you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, it has yeah. for everyone that lived in Flagstaff, but it's just, like, interesting to think about. Yeah. I, yeah, that's so true. Like, uh, the indigenous role in kind of, like, the debate that's going on right now, it's like, oh, like, ah, we'll, we'll do that, like, in the next 10 years. Like, oh, we'll mm. fix that later. Right. And it's like, in a way, like, it is really important to focus your attention on uh, different needs at different times. That is Mm -hmm. so important because different people need different attention. And that's what this whole movement is about. Um, We need to, you know, intentionally focus on black lives right now. But yeah, Yeah. it's like, that's like another uh, aspect of intersectionality. It's like indigenous lives matter and they're, you know, they're less focused on because there's, you know, it's almost like a separate world on the reservations, but it's, it's so important. Like we're maybe not exposed to or know as many indigenous people as we do. Right. And and that's so sad because I would love to, because it's such a rich culture. Like I would really enjoy to learn more. Like my, um, my grandma on my dad's side, she is, is half Native American, but mm-hmm. I've ne- like, I don't identify with that because that's not my culture, but however, I would love yeah. to learn more about it because yeah. it's so rich and it's so, um, it just breaks my heart that so much of it has been erased, like just, and yeah. then the, the system has given this pseudo apology, like, like even oh, Flagstaff. Yeah. NAU mm-hmm. acknowledges, yeah, this is built on their grounds. And so we built them this little building here um, where there's information about them, you know? Yeah, and we're like, like that's oh, we'll give them scholarships. Yeah. And it's like, well, is money the root of the problem, though? Because I think it goes yeah. deeper than that, right? Absolutely. It goes way deeper. Yeah, and like the controversy of Snowball is an issue within oh, the indigenous right. community mm-hmm. because it's the San Francisco Peaks our sacred land and it's like we have that distributive justice issue all over the united states with like natural monuments that are considered sacred land mount and rushmore like, yeah oh would my we, gosh that that is fucked it's up. like that is a church despite our uh evangelical um backgrounds and believing that churches are you know buildings and Catholicism and mm-hmm. all that yada 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 but it's so different for indigenous communities that are spiritual their lands have in like inherent spiritual value so learning more about that is so important because like all we can ask ourselves to do is just learn and listen right those kind of things wow yep. I, I really hope that more that more listening like even after this whole um pandemic issue is is solved i hope that people continue to listen and it's not just uh, a one-time thing because there are so many issues that need to be addressed and they are just going to keep coming up if we can continue to talk about them and i know the the upper people aren't necessarily handling all of it right now but the more that we bring it to their attention the more that we get closer to justice and i don't know i don't know if this might be pessimistic of me but i don't know if we'll ever make it to equality because it just runs that deep um yeah. within our society and within just the world in general people like darker skin people are just thought of as like less beautiful you know eurocentric beauty standards have taken over even in places like india you know the face i saw this post and it was like the face of india 
and it was a like really like a light skin woman, you know, with a bindi or whatever. And then it was yeah. the real faces of India, and it was a darker skin, older woman, you know. And I was like, wow, it's so interesting how yeah. much like we don't get yeah. shown. Well, that's a cultural thing. That's a wealth issue where um, the older woman probably had to work outside, um, mm-hmm. and. The younger, more pale woman probably has been inside wearing like heavy sunscreen Very all true. the time and Very and true. bigger yeah. hats and uh, you see it in Asian cultures as well where it's a symbol of wealth to have lighter mm. skin. Yeah. Um, so sure. it, yeah, it really does run deep. Well, and um, the one thing that I've been thinking about a lot uh, today in general was I saw a post and I reposted it on my story on Instagram and it said black music is pop music. And it got me thinking, wow, how many, like, the underlying um, culture that is just in everything that we do, like, that has been taken from other places and other groups of people is just overwhelming. You know, like, it's Black Music Month, and I I just found Mm -hmm. that out, and the month's almost over, you know. Um, But it's celebrating black music, and I was like, wow, there's so many different influences. And I'm sure it's true for other cultures as well, but, like, uh, country music originated from black people and um yeah. like and it's so interesting how that has converted into like usually stereotypically again perpetuating those stereotypes but those the people that listen to country music are the ones that are racist i say that you can't see my air quotes in the podcast but i have air <laughs> quotes just so you know um, i keep doing that too <laughs> but yeah it's it's so interesting um how that like kind of pervases pervades the um american culture you know we're seen as this melting pot as i mean i've heard that that's that can be a microaggression as well but i i personally don't see it that way um but we're seen as this melting pot but it's so it's like a melting pot with dividers you know yeah where sometimes like things leak through the bottom you know and Mm -hmm. so it's like sitting there as a foundation but it's not acknowledged you know that's true I love that you brought up, like, everything that different cultures, including black culture, has brought American music, American film, American media, and just, like, to be able to respect that and, like, respect the roots of different, like, music and everything, it's just, Mm -hmm. like, we need to do more of that and, like, recognize more of, like, where things came from instead of just being, like, Instead of just, like, only respecting, like, parts of a culture, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've been trying to remember this for so long because I knew I wanted to talk <laughs> about it. And so I just kept saying things to, like, see if it would jog my brain. I wanted to talk about the difference between prejudice and, like, racism or prejudice Ooh. and sexism. Yes. Um, and oh, so I was wondering if you yeah. had any thoughts on that, Haley. Oh, Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, so prejudice is kind of, it's, it's founded in our, our biases. So we can have biases for different kinds of things. So we can have biases for race, which is a, a common bias that we talk about. We also have biases for uh, gender. That's where sexism comes into play. Mm-hmm. Like we economic also, status and stuff. Economic status, yeah, socioeconomic status. Uh, professions, yeah, like yeah. Uh, mm. uh, That's so it's, true. Honestly. Like, what do you do? Yeah. Oh, cool. 
<laughs> to yes. my mom every time uh, she's like, I'm a teacher. They're like, oh. I'm just like, she's more patient and loving yeah. than you. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like prejudice is kind of, there's no bounds to prejudice. It can apply to many things. There's just like a, you know, there's usually a historical context within it. Mm-hmm. Um, racism is like, I think if you look up like Webster Dictionary's definition is the idea that one race is superior to another. Um, but I've always understood racism through the lens of history and understanding that, especially for Black Americans, we have the enslavement of Black Americans and then the abolishment of slavery. And then we have Jim Crow and then we have civil rights and Black Lives Matter. So there's a timeline there. Um, but racism persists. Um, but if that makes sense, it's Mm -hmm. like, uh, prejudice and bias are interrelated. Uh, racism is its own entity Mm -hmm. as well as sexism. So like racism stems from prejudice. Mm -hmm. It is a form of prejudice. Yeah. If if that makes sense. I don't, I don't know if I made that the most clear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, good. Because a lot of times I hear this argument, um, like, oh, black people can't be racist against, towards white people, you know? Or, like, oh, people yeah. will say something, you know? And that comes from whenever whenever I try and defend that, pe- a lot of people get upset and say, no, that's racism. That is racism. Yeah. And I right. say, well, we're not saying, like, we're superior. We're, like, yeah. we, we are saying, like that's it's prejudice it is prejudice to say like Mm -hmm. oh you know white people you know um Mm -hmm. but it's not racist you know and so i wish that we could get away from this divide of like um like of like saying like white people you know like my family Mm -hmm. just like my stepdad he's from california so he's used to that you know saying that and i just wish that we as a society could kind of get away from it and i definitely perpetuate that as well but it's Mm -hmm. like having a conversation about that like with my best friend she was like that doesn't make me feel good when people say things like that and like if you make a comment like that that makes me feel feels upset and i'm like well here's where it stems from but i understand why it makes you feel that way because it is prejudice The way it makes, well, I've noticed it happening a lot recently, and maybe just because I became aware of it, I, like, Mm -hmm. picked up on it more, Um, but, like, in the School of Music, for example, just, like, hearing all the time, like, oh, like, all the white people, blah, 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 like, or, or, like, just, okay, I guess just saying, like, I can't think of a specific example, but like you said, like, just a negative connotation of the word makes Mm -hmm. me feel almost, um like there's nothing I can do more like I can't support my friends that are people of color or like stand my ground like politically or do more there's nothing that I can do to change the cycle like I feel right. helpless in that moment I I feel like my existence at its core is bothering someone just because I'm another white girl from a prejudiced background here at university you know it just makes me feel yeah. helpless like like oh like what more can I do you know it makes me kind of question like what can I do to kind of make this like 
not a positive connotation of like oh all these white people like yay because it's not mm-hmm. that exciting <laughs> that's like yeah like but the i just want it to be more yeah. neutral like all around like a neutrality of race would be amazing you know yeah yeah absolutely go I, ahead Haley. i no, you're, you're good. I, yeah, I definitely feel that, um, I just talked to somebody today about why, you know, what is racism and how Oh yeah. we could be racist against white people, blah, blah, blah. I'll get into that later, right. but good times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's so, uh, like you were saying, Meg, it's like you come from this place and you have the intention to do good so it's getting past that uh that let's see white fragility white guilt is very present and so mm-hmm. it's like getting past the feeling of like uh like how do I what is the what is my place how do I best help and uh-huh. you know understanding that it's like it's okay to feel bad and it's like it, it's a part of it and it's like getting past that and just trying to make a difference um if that makes sense yeah i mean it's true for for all like the all parts of intersectionality like when people right. like post on twitter like men are trash one. and then i'm like but i'm not that's trash. another I don't one think, yeah you know that but then i'm true. like well it's it's not me it's like men as a whole you know the patriarchy and things like that you know so i think separating yourself from it helps as well that's yeah okay that's a really good point that's very that that is a very good point it's like because it's like don't take everything personal personally very true just Mm -hmm. definitely exactly like it's not you in this moment that's bothering me because you're white it's more Mm -hmm. just like the general history and that's why i'm making this comment absolutely like when people so, say yeah. all cops are bastards they don't mean like um every oh, single one every single person oh, yeah. who is a cop sucks they mean the yeah. system is broken if you're a cop you're inherently bad in that way doesn't mean you're a mm-hmm. bad person but yeah the cop, like the police system was founded upon a bad thing the policing of like of um the enslaved people yeah yeah you know oh yeah yeah and so i such a good point (laughs) yeah and that's why it's like i um i think i like saw this on a poster at a protest or something but just like the the idea of reforming it isn't even gonna work like it has to be like completely redone to the point where you can't even reform back to how it started because that's just absolutely like insane to even Mm -hmm. think about because it wasn't formed well in the beginning yeah yeah it's like yeah, if you have absolutely. an old house and the foundation is messed up, you know, it's and like all cracked and yeah. there's mold. The ground up, like yeah. you can't build from the ground up because it's still going to be a bad house. It's gonna you're gonna have issues, you know. That's you gotta scrap the whole one. thing, mm-hmm. lay a new foundation, and build it from the top. Same with yeah. apple trees, man. The bad oh, apple yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> new apple trees. <laughs> new <laughs> apple trees. We need new apple trees. We need new seeds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is wow. so true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was something I learned throughout this whole process because I, I did not know that the creation of police was based on the need to imprison did I. previous Me either. people. Yeah, which is, yeah. it's like, it's dumb that I'm learning that now, but it's like, No, okay. it's almost <laughs> like we wish they would have taught us something of value yeah. in, in school, but, right. you know. 
Well, but and, you but know, I, it's like <laughs> in history, the education system is another thing that I'm like needs to be tore up from the flow up. And yeah. we need to figure <laughs> it all out again, you know, because Absolutely. we're missing all of these really important things, all these really important yeah. people. And if we want to move forward and have people embrace like that, America is yes. this air quotes again, melting pot, you know, embrace oh, that yeah. we're all part of one thing and that we don't need to be divided by this, you know, united we stand. Then we have to learn about all different aspects. We have to acknowledge the bad things that have happened in our past so that yes. we can move forward. Yeah, I, yeah, that is such a good point, because I think, like, this became especially apparent to me, because I took, like, AP U.S. history in high school, like, junior year, (laughs) good times, good times, (laughs) good times, actually, I really love that class, because I had a really great teacher, and I learned a lot of, like, what I can apply now to what's going on, and it it was, it was eye-opening, it was really positive, but, uh, so the AP test, like the year I took it, was different than it is now because the year that I took it, there were people, um, some conservative officials, like uh, down like Bible Belt area, were interested in changing the AP test to make it more about American exceptionalism. And that's like a common phrase, but essentially mm-hmm. to change the focus of the material in AP U.S. history to focus less on... Uh, slavery, uh, the um, the relocation of Native Americans, mm-hmm. stuff that in our history that is very important. And, you know, for their arguments, it was a lot like... It oh, needs like to we, be learned. It needs to be and learned. And if it's not Absolutely. on the exam, then yeah. the teachers just write it off. Exactly. Knowing from AP like, classes, if they don't see it in the practice exam, they don't teach They're it. They're not going right. to teach it's, it. It's more important... To take the test rather than like actually yeah. learning something is what I've learned with AP classes. I know, oh yeah, which is botched. Mm. Anyway, but like, so <laughs> they they eventually passed it. So the test is different. You learn different things wow. based on AP mm. U.S. history, which is unfortunate. Um, and it just brings to that uh, like experience and that privilege that I have and many other people have where it's like our history is so white centered it's so like I know you learn about different cultures and uh usually like different races in ethnic studies classes where it's like that's like an elective it's not part of like your focus in school absolutely absolutely and um like and only to learn that when you're 19 or 20 Right. Yeah. In an ethnic studies class. You have to search out the information if you want to really learn about it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But, like, like I was going to say, even in English classes, we, we like, read Wuthering Heights. You know, we mm-hmm. read things by Ernest, Ernest Hemingway. We read, That's you know, very true. like, Shakespeare, you know? And um, yeah. I, I was fortunate enough to have, uh, like, sophomore year, we had an accelerated English, which was, like, getting you ready for AP class. And the whole mm-hmm. class was centered around reading books. He made us read books. And we read, like, a oh, really yeah. great, diverse um amount of books we read like bless me ultima which is about like um latin american i believe um culture Mm -hmm. um and things like that and then we read black boy which is about like african what's going on in africa and things Mm -hmm. like that and then we read um a separate piece which had to do with like jewish americans and how they're treated in in um america and things like that and it was really eye-opening to me to to see these different perspectives but i never got that from yeah, that and it's like more English yeah. teachers should think about that. For sure. Oh yeah, 
banned books all the way. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'll just ask Haley, is there anything else you'd like to kind of end the episode off on? A little note for our listeners of any sorts of things. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I feel like I made it sound like a lot of pressure, but just like oh, any, no. <laughs> any, any ending notes? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I guess uh, for, I guess, my field and what I'm going into and what gives me hope, I guess, is uh-huh. just always seek out to learn more about yourself, your shortcomings, your mistakes, Um And in times of hardship, that reveals who you really are. And uh, it's always important to... You learn from others by really learning about yourself. So, that's my lesson. I don't know. So lesson. (laughs) Yes. Well, that was beautiful. Absolutely. I hope hope everyone heard that. I hope everyone wrote it down. Because, like, that is some wisdom to take with you. Definitely. (laughs) It does give you hope. You it so really sweet. does. <laughs> Just learning more, listening more. Oh. Really. Listen, yes. <laughs> Speaking of listen, let's do our read, watch, listen. Um, <laughs> what a terrible Best segue. Best segue of the um, century. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, okay, so um, who had Haley the read has for read. this week? Okay. Oh, yeah, I have the read. I have the read. <laughs> um <laughs> It was a hard choice, but I thought, given our conversation today, uh-huh. I would recommend um, the Central Park Five. It's by Sarah Burns. There's also a documentary on Amazon Prime if you don't feel like reading, but if you do feel like reading, it's an excellent book. It's about Central Park Five. If you don't know what it is, I'll just briefly summarize it. Um, so there were five... Um, or I guess four black Americans and one Puerto Rican American that were detained and eventually arrested for the rape and assault of the Central Park jogger. This is in early 90s, I believe. Gosh, I don't know why I'm blanking on the time period. Anyway, uh, they detained these boys they are like 14 to 16 years of age just for being in the park that night and they ended up being eventually prosecuted for the brutal assault and rape of the central park jogger however this is according to like uh like a perspective of somebody during that time is that all you know is that they arrested detained these boys and they they all served time the longest sentence being I think 12 years for the oldest involved and yeah 12 years is a really long time for a 16 year old in an adult prison Mm -hmm. facility anyway so for a lot of people it was a big big surprise and I think it was 2001 2002 the actual person who committed the assault and rape on the Central Park jogger came forward so it was revealed that these five boys, because they had coerced co- confessions wow. from the police. Wow. Uh, which is another super interesting thing to learn about, um, mm-hmm. is basically uh, coerced confessions and how yeah. confessions aren't always 
reliable, especially when yeah. you're children, depending on like the framing of the question for over twenty four mm-hmm. hours. Yeah, and that's yeah. another thing too so, is the interviewers. Yeah, well, not <laughs> the interviews, but the police officers that will ask the questions may often oh, yeah. frame it differently depending on their prejudices. Yeah, and, and they will, and they targeted these boys because yeah. they were they were easy targets. Wow. They were there in the park, and mm-hmm. there was a suit. There was a crime surge in New York, right? You have like crack versus cocaine sentences, and you have mm. like all of these other dimensions of the criminal justice system working against these poor young boys, who just thought if they said they did it, they could go home. Anyway, it's this horrible horrible case that was put against the prosecution and just learning about it is so important because it just reveals the flaws not only in like human behavior our justice system but just in policing in general is you have Mm -hmm. police who do these techniques on people you're sending innocent people to jail and it's it's truly eye-opening but yeah I recommend it to everyone it's super like I didn't, gosh, I could have explained it better, but it's just a no. Huge, you did great. Yeah, it's a huge thing. <laughs> you did great. So, it's hard to sum up a book sometimes. For sure. Oh, it's so big. I think they it. also made a Netflix movie about it too. I think it's called When They oh. See Us. Yes, it's so oh, good. There you go. It's on okay. my list. So good. I need to write it that is, down. I watched. It's a show, and it is outstanding. They did a wonderful job, uh, showing. And they casted it super well. I, It was mm. really well done. Because you can watch, like, the documentary and you can watch the show. Kind of always like, oh, this is, like, reality and this is kind of, like, yeah. Hollywood version. But they did such right. a good job. Uh, That's good. Because they show, like, the aggressiveness of the police officers during mm. the interrogation. And you can understand because, like... Like I said, like, a confession to a jury is like, oh, why would you confess if you're innocent? But there's so many factors. Like, if you so haven't... So much stress. If you haven't you slept... Imagine? If you haven't slept oh. or ate in 24 hours, you'll do anything to get out of there. Exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's like psychological warfare. Oh, yeah. So... All the, the eyes on you. Yeah. Ugh. And the police don't even I would be know that. So, yeah. Me too. In court, so, yeah. man. Wow. So, yeah, uh... Do it, read it, watch the documentary, watch that show. It is all good. I recommend it all. It's so awesome. fascinating. Yeah. For another watch, um, I watched this Sunday night, and it's called Disclosure on <gasps> Netflix. That is on my list. I am so excited to watch it. Wait, <gasps> okay. talk about it. Talk about it. It's amazing. It really was hugely eye-opening for me. I don't have any transgender people, like, in my direct circle. Of course, like, I know, like, a friend of a friend, you know, but um, I just haven't been exposed to that um, very much at all. So um, I was, like, very much, like, I don't know. I It was so, so sad to hear and see, like, so basically I'll just take a step back. Um, it's led by or directed by Laverne Cox, and she's in um, Orange is the New Black. I've never seen okay. it, but, like, you might know her from that. Yeah. Um, she's amazing. And it's in documentary style, so they do a lot of, like, um, speaking um, shots, and then they'll, like, input what they're talking about. So um, it's essentially based on 
transgender um, representation in media. And it's insane, like, um, some of the people will go back to, like, even when they were, like, five, um, different TV shows that they remember, and different TV shows that kind of made them realize that this was a thing, where they felt like they were a woman, um, or vice versa, growing up, and then kind of saw, like, oh, this is a possibility, but in the most, like, scary way possible because of the misrepresentation, um, Mm -hmm. and it kind of, some of them kind of talk about their experiences, how it made them feel even more scared to come out and even more scared to move forward and be themselves, which is so heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, it was really well shot. So <laughs> before I talk about it too much, but yeah, definitely check it out. It's on Netflix. Oh, so yeah. It Ooh. looks so good. I'm so excited yeah, to sit down really, and really, really good. watch it. I might even yeah. do it tonight. Who knows? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but for a listen... Um, I have a playlist. I haven't given a playlist <gasps> before. No way. But, so there's this playlist. Um, I talked about how it was Black Music Month, but it's also Pride Month. So kind of to bridge the two, um, the yes. gap between the the um, read and the watch, it's um, uh, a playlist on Spotify. It's called Black, Queer, and Proud. And so Ooh. it's um, the bio is like, discover the multifaceted creativity of the Black queer community. You know, and so there's just so some wonderful, wonderful artists in there like Janelle Monet, um, <gasps> Kate Renata, Frank Ocean, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just so wonderful. And so um, if you have Spotify, go ahead and search Black Queer and Proud. Check it out. Just take some time to listen to at least one song, you know, just to kind of oh, yes. to get to get a, a new perspective if you if you haven't had one. Um, and if you don't have uh, Spotify, I'm sure you could find a similar playlist on Apple Music or even on YouTube. Or if you just Googled like Black Queer Artists, um, I'm sure you could find a song to listen to. But I just challenge everyone to listen to one song from a Black Queer person or even just uh, a queer person of color um, just to get a different perspective um, through music. Yeah, that's awesome. Music Thank is you. so healing. Yay. It really is. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we have. Thank you so much, Haley, for being on. Oh my gosh, this Haley. was wonderful. <laughs> I felt like, wow, this was amazing. <laughs> Everything you say really is so well spoken and uh, so educated, and I really, really, like I said before, I just feel so honored that you joined us today, yes. and that I have met you. Oh. And Meg's gonna cry. Yeah, I don't get the emotional. <laughs> Just love you. <laughs> oh, I love you both. I you I have really such do a beautiful love soul. you too. <laughs> yes, truly. I you both are so, so genuine. I I really do feel honored as well to be here. And thank you so much for inviting me. I just. It's Aww. always nice to talk to people about this stuff. It's so important. I just. Definitely. I'm happy to be here. Happy to share. And happy Yay. to listen. <laughs> Yeah, I'm really glad we had you on because um, I was kind of thinking about how we might um, bring up this conversation on mm-hmm. the Fresh Yeah, it's, been, and it's so, been on our mind for a while. This definitely filled that void for me for the time being. So, mm-hmm. yay. Yeah. Yay. Thanks for listening again, everyone. Um, we'll see you next week. Follow us at Fresh Late Pod on Twitter for all those good updates. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye.